Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Well, uh, I'm here in the freezing cold getting free chicken sandwiches because the food tastes great. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. Oh, shit! Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Guy Morris, as always. Um, man, this is, this is, uh, this is a rough episode here, you know? Um, I already had, you know, something that, you know, I'll definitely put on the end of the show because I want to spend a little time on it. And, you know, it's it's tough to get through these type of things. But, um, you know, the passing of Justice Payne. And, uh, again, I'll when I get through everything else, I'll get into, you know, a large part about that. Um, 41 years old. Um, coincidentally, today we just lost Kobe Bryant. 41 years old. Um, died in a, in a helicopter accident and, uh, you know, one of his daughters was in there with her, with him, I think 13 years old, absolutely brutal. Um, 
you know, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, hands down. Um, just to give a quick review on, you know, my fandom as far as basketball goes, I've always been a player-loyal um, basketball fan. So since I was younger, um, I was a big Shaq fan. And I followed Shaq everywhere he went. So, um, you know, I was an Orlando Magic fan. And then when I went from the Orlando Magic, I went to the Lakers. Because, you know, he went to the Lakers. Um, So, you know, Lakers geared out, everything. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, with football, I've, I've always been just a diehard Niners fan. So, no wavering in that to me. Um yeah, it's weird because um, when it comes down to that, and this I guess ties into you know this next weekend coming up, but uh, my grandma was a diehard Niners fan, but she was a die diehard Joe Montana fan. She's the one who got me into being a 49er fan, raising me a Niner fan. And uh, <clears throat> so when uh, he got traded to Kansas City, or he got sent to Kansas City, um, she was like, "Fuck that! Like, how could they turn their back on Montana?" So she went to Kansas City. So she started supporting them and stuff after all those years as a Niner fan. I stayed put, but she was definitely, um, you know, pretty upset about that. And, uh, you know, I mean, the guy won, you know, four Super Bowls with the 49ers is still questionably the greatest of all time. So it's it's a pretty tough thing to see like that guy be like, hey, you know, well, we're moving on, but thanks for uh, everything. You know, and, and I mean, Steve Young stepped in and did his fucking thing. And, I mean, you can't hate on Young for that because he was just playing the best football he could and wound up in a great organization. And, um, you know, I mean, for that reason, I still don't have a Steve Young jersey. I mean, I I love Steve Young. Uh, what he did for us was phenomenal. But that was a tough, tough transition when Montana's your guy. You know, I mean, that's that's a real fucking tough transition to be like, well, you know, best of luck. That's not just anybody. That's Joe Montana, for Christ's sake. So. So anyway, uh, you know, Chiefs Niners next fucking Saturday. So uh, or next Sunday. So, I mean, my grandma's going to be watching that shit. And I'm I'm hoping that she's going to, you know, be up there pulling for me because, uh, you know, she went out a Chiefs fan after all those years of being a Niner fan. But, you know. So we'll we'll see the out, outcome of this game coming up. Um, but anyway, I, and again, I'll talk more about that. Back to Kobe is, uh, you know, I was a Shaq fan. So when I became an L.A. fan, it was like fucking the two of them were the most dominant thing in the league. I mean, it was so much fun to watch Shaq and Kobe play. And it was just, it was an unstoppable force. When those two were clicking, it was just like, you don't, you don't stand a fucking chance. And they still had the battle. I mean, they still had battles and stuff, but man, um, you know, the, the athletic ability and just overall basketball skill of Kobe Bryant topped with the dominance and strength of Shaquille O'Neal, like, forget it. Um, now, you know, obviously going forward from that, it's well storied that Kobe forced Shaq out of L.A., so at that point, I, I'd have to say that I, I wasn't as much of a Kobe Bryant fan because Shaq's my guy. So, you know, I went to Miami with Shaq and, you know, you know, Kobe stayed put and did what he was doing. And, uh, I mean, you can't deny his athletic ability whatsoever. 
but that was, you know, where I became just a little less of a fan because, you know, Shaq's my guy. Um, Kobe's always been a great mentor to other basketball players and other people who were coming up. Um, I think he did some kind of clip show or something that was uh, recently that he would go back over games and review them and see where like this guy did wrong or this guy stepped up or, you know, and really like breaking down game film and stuff, which is great. You know, he was very, very dedicated to the game of basketball. And, um, you know, it's a shame because, again, one of the best of all time, hands down, you know, Um some people too, you know, they'll talk about the, um, I guess we call it the rape case. Um, my view on it. And then, because again, we're going to talk a lot about like hypocritic stuff and, um, hypocritical stuff and, uh, people who talk out of both sides of their fucking mouth. And I want to make sure you know that like, I'm not just ignoring something that went on with this fucking guy, but the way that I saw that case and the way that everything went down, um, as far as the details that came out and everything, it seemed like, and maybe there's some evidence that I'm completely misled, but I, you know, I learned so much about a thing and then I move on. Like, I'm not going to spend my life dwelling on things, you know, that look a certain way, you know, go, okay, well, that's how it, it looks to me. Okay. You know, moving on. Um, and the way that I saw the details came out, I think the way the situation is, is he and this chick were going to have sex, and rather than just fucking, he wanted to throw it in her ass, and he, she didn't sign up for that. And he kind of just did it. And then later on, she, she said, you know, look, uh, you know, we have a, we have a case here. You know, and, and he's worth a shitload of money, and that's that's the direction they went. So as far as I'm concerned, I think that was that was the um, what it all came of. Um, I and again, I could be wrong. I don't know. I know, like you know, when it comes down to consent and stuff like that, so th- those lines are drawn. And if she decides, like, look, no, I didn't sign up for that, and I want something fucking done, well then, clearly, because you know, he even said afterwards, like, I could swear it was consensual i mean i could see where she said that but like man i don't so that that's to me what it seemed like and that's you know you can call that what you want to call it um i don't think like he completely did something against her will um or forced her to do something but that's just my personal beliefs i wasn't there i don't know um from the way that everything came out that's that's what i got from it so take that for what it's worth you know again uh, that's, that's all I got, but, um, you know, rest in peace to do, because again, he was one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Um, you look at his ability out there. Um, I, I think there's really three people that you can look at this ability and say like, this is a one of a kind player. This right here is something you're not going to fucking see. I don't give a fuck how hard you, you practice, you, you do what you got to do. Like, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Those are the three guys right there that are just undeniable, unstoppable forces when it comes down to that, you know. Just just can do it all. You know, can fucking dunk on you, can hit a three, can can shake you on the dribble, can you know, I mean it just dominant top to bottom basketball player. So that's uh, you know, that's what he brought to the table. 
And, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm really happy that I got to watch all those games and, you know, really immerse myself in what he, he put out there on the floor because it was just incredible to watch. And just, just very sad, you know, 41 years old. That's how old I am, you know. You know, it definitely brings a fucking sign of reality to you when a, a couple 41-year-old guys who are, you know, top-notch athletes die, you know, within a couple of days. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, was today's breaking news and stuff, you know, very sad. And um, what can I tell you? Um, let me see. Um, i got a couple of main topics I want to get to tonight. And um, that's pretty much it. I'm saying that's it, but believe me, like, there's there's a lot to talk about on the few topics I have. Um, let's talk about... Um, talk about the support dog thing all right uh and i i got myself blocked from somebody today which is good i i'm fucking fine with that i i am all about putting my opinion out the way that i see it and if you're that fucking sensitive and you're the type of motherfucker that doesn't understand that criticism is going to come from me like anyone that gets on my page like look because i'm pretty much done requesting people as friends that's not really what i'm looking to do there's very rare you're gonna find like oh you got a friend request for me but when it comes down to, like, uh, you know, these fucking wrestling fans, it, it's never going to happen. So this Dave Seltzer fella uh, fucking requested me, like, within the last year. I don't know when it was. I don't really care. Um, but it's like, all right, whatever. You know, I figure you, you heard the show. You know what the fuck I do. It is what it is. You want to, you know, be on the page, be on the page. And he's commented a few times. Seemed like a nice enough guy. Um, but... He he obviously took offense to what I said today, and then he, he just you know he had to he had to leave, which is you know it's fine. Um, so here here's my thing. Uh, Solo Darling has made the past I don't know couple years maybe, again like time time stamps and like exact dates and shit like that. Like you're not gonna get a lot of that out of me because I'm not real like uh, research based. So, um, at some point. Within the recent couple years, she started doing this, like, service dog gimmick, and it's, like, her life and everything, like, it's not, like, just a gimmick, like, she's legitimately signed up for this, this thing, but she was also a wrestler without a dog for a good amount of years, and I, you know, I'm not a huge women's wrestling fan, but, like, I don't remember, like, any reports of her breaking down in the ring because there was no dog present, or, uh, you know having to be escorted to the ring, you know, dogless and, uh, you know, very distraught. Like, I feel like she just walked out, did her fucking thing. You know, uh, I, I, I thought she did all right, you know, and I don't, I don't know what she goes through or whatever, but, um, now suddenly she's, she's got the fucking dog and look, she's no fucking Teddy trouble. So I, I know she loves her dog. I, you know, I, I follow her on Instagram because I, she was one of the female wrestlers I like. I think she's talented. Um, I think she's in, in generally always in great shape and um, seems to train really hard to be that way. And I respect that. I always, you know, respect that type of, you know, athlete. So, um, but it's become like more and more that, uh, you know, with this service dog thing. And, um, so I posted, uh, she's no Teddy Trouble, 
and these dogs can handle things better than cats, uh, depending on the dog. But these people came to see wrestling. Cut it out, you fucking mental patients. Hang out with your animals when you get home. And I and I just posted a screenshot that that she posted a picture of her like smiling like like a, like a handicapped person at her dog. Like she she couldn't be happier. She's got like a crown on and shit. Like all of this like just just play dress up, make believe shit, you know. And there's three fans, because I think it's beyond wrestling, so the fans are, like, lined right up with the apron of the ring, and they're sitting down, and the three of them look at, like, like they're sitting through a fucking, like, timeshare meeting or some shit. Like, they they couldn't be less fucking entertained by her just smiling at her dog, like, like it's her dog's birthday party, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's fucking insanity. And, and that's the thing, like, uh, you know... We don't need it. Like, if you really, really look, I get it, and I'm gonna go into the service dog thing. But like, I get it. If like, you you can't live without your dog, then then fucking keep it in the back. Does it need to come out to the fucking ring with you? Do we need to do that? Cody did that. Scared the shit out of the dog. They dragged it to the back afterwards. But in the meantime, it's like, what? Why do we really need to do this? But, you know, this is what society has turned into. Um, as far as animals go, we get the fucking, we get the upper hand every fucking time. So what humans have done is they've decided that animals are here just for us. So if they're in the way, we get rid of whole species. We've endangered species. We have cleared out lands that has decimated fucking species of animals all over the world. We've hunted them when we decided ourselves that there's too many of them in a certain area, and that's that's too much for for what we're comfortable with. Oh, there's too many deer, there's too many bears, there's too many this, there's too many. So let's hunt them, despite the fact that we are rapidly overpopulating the the world. You know, with seven billion people in the world and and um, pollution that all comes from the fucking people. This is all like everything that's killing the planet is from us. But we're deciding as we go along which things we need and which we don't, animal-wise. And we're just discarding things, and we're wiping out regulations because it'll help our business, and we could just get rid of these things off the planet. Because, you know, people take that, well, you're picking people over, or animals over people? Yeah, I am. Because it's a way more genuine, way more natural, something that was here before us, and, and something that should be here after us. You know, during our fucking travel on this this thing, we shouldn't be fucking eliminating species of fucking animals because, like, well, it worked for us at the moment. So, uh, you know, write that in a book, you know, make make a documentary about that. Maybe someone else will make money off the fucking ending of an entire species. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's insanity. But then on the flip side of that, if we do need an animal to become, like, an extension of our body if we need to like say oh you know actually i know we just wiped out um you know fucking uh, a certain type of mountain cat from this country but in in this country here um i need a dog to live with me every minute of every day on an airplane on an everything um because that's just what I feel like I needed. So I got a doctor to sign off on that. And now this dog is just fucking has to live my fucking ridiculous life. Like it's going to Walmart now. It's going to, it's going to on the airplane. It's going everywhere, you know? 
we only have, you know, we have this, this section of our, our life, you know, overall we have, I mean, if we live 80 years, 90 years, that's fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a large amount of time. So whatever gets you through that amount of time, I guess, you know, works, but you know, I mean, if we were going to stuck it, get stuck in these negative things and I need this, or I'm barely getting by and I'm doing this and I'm doing that, you know, and, and the animals, they have way less of a amount of time on the planet. So they got 20 years. And now that 20 years is just going to be burdened with our fucking issues. You know what I mean? God forbid that their 20 years are just a nice little fucking pleasure cruise. we got to, like, get in the car, dog. We're going to the fucking airport. Oh, we're going to go on the fucking airplane now. Like, oh, okay. So what's better for the dog? Like, a, a pet sitter? Or, you know, just drag it onto the airplane and have all the people deal with it and fucking annoyed that it's there and it's just sitting there awkward like shit. Like, just fucking, I hope you have my back when all these people revolt against my existence. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, it's just, it's asinine behavior. You know, and our, and our grandparents fucking, uh, in their existence, the only, the only dogs that had to stay with people were like fucking blind people had seeing eye dogs. And now it's like, I don't feel good when I go to the store. It'd be better with a puppy. And it's like, <laughs> okay, you know. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's unfucking believable. And now, like, that's the thing is, uh, so so let me get back to what this asshole said. Um, um, so I said, yeah, um, it's supposedly an emotional support dog. Get over yourself. You're an adult playing make-believe in a crowd full of weirdos saying you can't exist without your dog near you. Get your fucking shit together and stop burdening animals with your self-appointed illness. And uh, so let me further explain what I just said. Um, well, I mean, when it comes down to you playing make-believe and dress up in a, in a crowd full of fucking weirdos, that's what wrestling is. So, you know, I, I got into the same fucking issue with um, Insane Lane, who was... Um, you know, he had, he had done time in the military and he had claimed PTSD to the point of, um, uh, like, um, a handicap where he could never work again. Disability is what the word I was looking for. Um, PTSD to an extent of a disability of he's not able to work anymore. However, he can play dress up and get into a the middle of a, an audience of a yelling audience while he punishes and, and, and inflicts pain on his own body and bleeds profusely and play an insane gimmick. So that's all right, but I can't go and put in a fucking day's work at the fucking store up the road. I, I can't do that. However, I can openly bleed in front of a crowd of people be and, you know, do recreational drugs backstage, like, until, like, I need fucking help to get out of the fucking, um, the addiction problem that I've created for myself. It's like, well, so you just want to have it your fucking way. You just at some point decided, I'm not adulting anymore. I'm going to play make-believe. The government can fucking pay me. And and then, like, I'm going to do things that contradict every bit of what I'm telling you is a disability. I can't function in public. I can't work a job. 
However, come check me at the VFW. We're doing a 200 light tube match. Everybody, like, tape fucking glass to whatever you have in your house, and I'll smash my friend in the head, and he'll hit me in the fucking head with things, and I'll bleed, and that'll be a great time. Like, well, then guess what? You're not that fucking disabled. This, this you know, cut with the bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, it, if your friend fucking called out of work, you know, or someone you know called out of work because they're like, dude, I, I fucking broke my leg. And then you see a fucking video of them online, like, sprinting, fucking, like, racing their fucking friends on on, on YouTube and shit. Like, like foot racing, like, 40-yard dash speed, like, who's got the fastest 40? And it's like, wait a minute, that fucking guy just called out of work. He's over here trying to beat his fucking 40 record with three of his friends. Like, that's not, that's not all right. And that, that's kind of where I go with this, man. If you're going to tell me that you need to take the soft road and you don't, you're not able to fucking function or exist without an animal next to you, but you can surround yourself in a crowd of fucking people and get get out of here, dude. This is this is bullshit. Cut it out. This isn't this isn't a real fucking thing. This is something you've created. And as the other thing, some, things have gotten so loose about um you know, these these service dogs. So the guy res, uh responds saying um um What makes it a self-appointed illness? My stepdaughter was diagnosed by a doctor with this, with a disorder and is getting a support dog. Anxiety, depression, or other mental disorders is absolutely nothing to criticize. And nobody should ever have to go through the pain of being criticized. Okay. Um, so I responded, first off, anyone is able to... Uh, Anyone able to play dress up and physically perform in the middle of a crowd isn't that disabled. Um, and, and, I, and I hate to fucking break it to you because, like, people want to claim, like, crippling depression and anxiety and this and this and this and this and this. And to get everybody's support and everyone pats each other on the back and then they go drag themselves out into a fucking wrestling ring and do a bunch of shit that's very physically and emotionally demanding. Because the fans can judge you, win, lose, draw, up, down, fucking you suck, you're great, you're this, you're that. You have to portray a good guy, a bad guy. Um, you know, the physical pain is going to fucking wear on you, which may or may not lead to medication. And if it doesn't, it's going to lead to a lot of pain tolerance and a lot of just getting used to the abuse and, and pushing yourself through it. So if you're so mentally... Um, disabled if there's such a if there's such a mental drain on on things that are going on in your life professional wrestling probably isn't a great place for you whether you like to hear that or not that's that's a fucking fact that's just it's not a good fucking place for addiction it's not a good place for mental illness it's not a good place for a lot of fucking things uh it, it to be honest with you not it's not a good place i mean that's probably the best way i could fucking put it it's not a good fucking place so, you know, I, I'm not going to really have a lot of sympathy when you decide that, like, yeah, I can't live without a dog, so I'm dragging it into the middle of this fucking thing that I really don't need to be doing. I just overall don't really need to be doing. You know? Um, so I said, it, it, so if, if, if you decide that's what you need to do, but also decide that you would rather do with an animal, um, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. Um, so you'd rather do it with an animal 
It's all you're doing. Secondly, the emotional support parameters are ridiculously loose. If your apartment won't allow pets, you can go to a doctor and, and talk to them. And suddenly your dog, who you already had, who wasn't fucking trained or wasn't this or wasn't that, is suddenly a service animal. And then you're just good. You know, you just, you just are right. And that's, that's what it's become now, where it's just like, I would like to do this. I'm going to talk to my doctor and then nothing, nobody could fucking stop me from doing this. That That's what a lot of things have become these days. It's like, oh, well, weed is illegal. Yeah, but if you go talk to that fucking doctor, it's not. You could just fucking, you could just smoke. Okay, well then I, now I'm going to do that. I get the fucking card and fucking life goes on and now no one's offended. Oh, well, you know, there's no pets in this apartment. Well, guess what? Going to go talk to my doctor, change that for you. Here's this piece of paper. Now you leave me and my dog the fuck alone. You know, so it's just like you find a loophole for the shit you want to do in life. And I'm not even saying that there's things wrong with, with the things I'm talking about, but you're not going to fucking tell me that, like, you can't talk about someone with a disability. Like, these motherfuckers aren't disabled. It's become a way looser term. And, as I said before, I don't know what the fuck this guy expected. I don't know what he thought um, he was going to get coming on the my fucking page, but I don't know how these people find me. I don't know... You know, if you if you haven't listened to my show and don't know what to expect out of me, then I don't know what the fuck you're signing up for, you know? So if you don't want someone that's going to fucking judge you and criticize you and hold you to a high standard as I hold everybody, including myself, if if you want someone that's not going to fucking judge you, then, then go talk to your support dog. I, I really don't give a fuck. So after I told him that, he blocked me or whatever. And it's fine. It's fine. But again, I don't think this shit is necessary. I don't think we need to take dogs into the fucking ring. Go ear to ear, smile at your dog. It's your house. You don't have to, you don't have to do this. Get a pet sitter. You go wrestle. You come back and your dog's there and you can smile at it again. Why, why are you stressing this dog in, out in and out of fucking buildings and in the car and out of the car? And it, and some dogs are all right with this. But I also want to point something out to everybody, you know, as far as animals go. Animals have a, and especially cats, um, I, I know that just because I'm, I'm very experienced with cats, but they have a natural instinct to not show weakness. Um, they try to they try to kind of hide weakness. They try to hide um, sickness or discomfort because it shows vulnerability. And in the wild, you'd be killed for being the weak one of the pack, the weak one of the you know whatever herd, whatever your group of animals may be. So just because you go like, oh no, no, he's fine with it. He he gets in the car every time. Like he's He's good. No, I mean, he, he wagged his tail a little bit after the fans chanted, you fucked up at me. But, and, and honestly, this is, this is the other problem. Um, as a fan, like if I'm a fan and fucking solo darling comes out with her fucking dog, I'm not watching your fucking match anymore. I'm looking at the dog going, oh shit. Oh man, he really got, you see how scared he was when she came off the top rope? When they hit the mat really hard like that, he fucking jumps and he looks like he looks at the door like he's trying to leave. 
and then like there's a lull in the match and like he's he's wagging his tail and it's like oh okay maybe he's all right i mean he's settled down now he's all right um you know um oh well shit i mean he just he just popped up when she got whipped into that corner right there i wonder if he's like worried about her if he's just stressing over the crowd noise oh and that those fans started yelling over there he he really reacted to that. Now all I'm worried about is like, how's this fucking dog doing during this match? Is is he all right? What's going on? Like, is he? I'm not even worried about your performance anymore. So all the you know you're working on a, a fucking a great head scissor fucking transition. All of that goes to waste because now I'm watching your dog instead of you. And, and I really think a lot of this is just done for attention. It's just. I have a dog now. You guys like dogs, right? I'm the one with the dog. It's not that you can't fucking physically function without it in your presence. It's that now you're the you're the one with the dog, and people love dogs. Buy my merch. I got a dog on it with me. You know, that's what it is. It's ex- exploiting these fucking animals and just making a fucking circus out of it. And I don't like it. You know, once you get older, you realize circuses aren't good for fucking animals. So that's 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 what I got there. Um I guess let's just go into some more. I mean this this whole show is negative. Um Well, one thing's not negative, it's my fucking Niners. Um So let's go into the Hall of Fame. Now Um CCW Hall of Fame. CCW um, for a lot of years, completely ignored the induction of Trent Acid. I had asked DJ Hyde multiple times on the show, um, and the one time I'm going to try to find a clip within the next coming weeks, and I'll play it for you guys. But uh, when I asked him why hasn't Trent Acid been um, inducted in the Hall of Fame, his answer, one of the multiple times that I asked him, I, I have to track down which, like, which interview, which year, or whatever, because it's crazy. I've actually been doing this. This coming summer will be 10 fucking years of me doing this. I I have no idea, like, how that shit even went that fast. Um, it's crazy. But anyway, um, so one of the times I asked him, he said something along the lines of, Trent didn't die under great circumstances and it's a difficult thing to celebrate his life when he died under those circumstances and we're a business and we're trying to make money and, you know, bring in money from a lot of different avenues. And some of these avenues would look down upon us making light of, you know, a negative thing such as, you know, drug addiction and, and things like that. Um, that that was legitimately his stance on it, is saying like, well, you know, we have a business to run and this could look this way and this that you know, that way. This this was the stance on that. And and I just want to point out too, we'll point out another person at the end, but um John Zandig's not in the fucking Hall of Fame. So your Hall of Fame is trash, like top to fucking bottom. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of deserving people in the Hall of Fame. I'm not taking that away from them. But as far as like this thing being legitimate, we went fucking a lot of years without Trent fucking acid in the Hall of Fame. 
And part of the excuses that were being floated was, well, you know, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't look good. Um, I've also seen, you know, people post things and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fucking, um, a vague person. I don't speak in hypotheticals really. Um, or, uh, well, hypotheticals I might do for the sake of, um, trying to protect myself when I say some wild shit, but, um, I'm not talking, um, subliminally I'm talking about Maven Bentley specifically. He puts a lot of bullshit out there and he says a lot of things like, Oh, I'm going to expose all the creeps and all of this and all of that. He also speaks pro, um, children's education. He also speaks, speaks anti-police brutality and, and what's right and speaking up for this person and that person and, and really trying to, um, put himself on a high horse as if he has high moral value. Um, he occasionally cops out and says that he plays a character on his Facebook, which is crazy because he's, he's pushed his, you know, children's, uh, education advocacy on the same page. So it's weird that you're playing a character if that's what you're still pushing on that, you know, you're not like posting just that under your, your regular name. It's all falling under that. Um, and I guess like you're not really playing a character when you're, you know, um, race baiting or going against police brutality, as you might call it. You know, while while ignoring, you know, all of the fucking black on black violence, uh, while you're ignoring all of the, the killings that are happening on a regular fucking basis with children being shot in the fucking street. We're about children's education, right? But we're talking about kids being killed in the fucking street on a regular basis in Philadelphia alone. But the only thing that we're really, really outraged about is police brutality, which is in the minority of the amount of things that are killing innocent people out there, you know what I mean? Um, in the minority, still a problem, but in the minority, but seemingly your main focus. Um, and let's add to that too. Creepy as a motherfucker with females on Facebook on a regular fucking basis, real fucking creepy. Like he's got to tell every chick, like there's, there's a, there's a bunch of them. Um, you know, and they're friends with him. I'm not saying that this is unwarranted or like, uh, like they've told them to stop and he's continued. You know, but but it's still his image that he's putting out there is I'm the creepy guy, like uh, the the uh, Max Gresham chick. That's one of his number one targets. He, he's on every one of her fucking posts. Not everyone, but a, a lot of her fucking posts. You know, he's got to pop up and like, oh boy, you know, you know, watch out, girl. You know, or whatever the fuck he's gonna say. He, he's told countless times I've seen on his uh on his post, he's got to tell everybody that, um, hold on. There we go. Uh, he's got to tell everybody that his fucking him and his wife have hall passes and, you know, he he gets, you know, free, free shots at at this one and that one. It's like, dude, like, I don't know. Like if that's just like a hilarious joke, when you type it every time you like almost fall off your, like the chair you're sitting on. And you're like, holy shit, dude, I said the, the hall pass thing again. But I've literally seen him do the hall pass thing on Facebook, like, fucking 
50 times since I've been friends with him over the past, whatever, 10 years or whatever it's been. It's just, it's just obnoxious and continuous and, and it's just what he does. This is a guy who also, you know, look, we're talking about education. We're talking about children's education. He's appointed to some kind of a position, you know, and he, I guess got elected to this position. But then, you know, when CCW is marketing their stuff, and I know this doesn't just go through his hands or anything like that, and they put out this this fucking iPay-per-view or pay-per-view, and one of the selling points is violence and the most bloodiest violent, da-da-da-da-da, and the other selling point is Double D Destruction, and he was one of the first motherfuckers to share it when they were putting that out, and I know that was created by somebody else. I don't know the guy's name, someone else mentioned it to me and said, oh, this is, this is right up his alley. This is the type of shit he does. But CCW did co-sign it. You know what I mean? That's, that's still something CCW has control over. Like, how are you going to present our product? You know what I mean? And the product is being sold as double D destruction. And that's, that's WSU's fucking matches. They, they didn't fucking pitch sexuality in their, in their gimmicks. The, their shows weren't centered around sexual sexuality. But then Double D Destruction is how you sell just a regular match between two girls without Double Ds. You know, I mean, it's just false advertising across the fucking board. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, that's what it should be. I'm just saying, like, you know, you're just baiting switching the shit out of motherfuckers to try to get, like, pay-per-view buys. But you're okay with that. What this is, I mean, this is a guy who supposedly has to do with fucking uh children's education so what what example are you setting for that what example are you setting for that here's another example he's setting for this is now inducted in the hall of fame as of whatever next saturday i guess when they do the uh the anniversary show the necro butcher oh everybody's hero the Necro Butcher, who un- undoubtedly, unquestionably, no fucking maybes about it, was documented, punched a woman repeatedly in the head while she, while she laid in the fetal position on a chair, begging him to stop with the, with the child in the next room. Um, the, the, and, you know, he said it himself, like, well, you know, I mean, she, she spent the money I was saving for Disney, so, like, what would you do? You know? And and that was that was his thing. Like, hey, you know, yeah, I, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But you know, when it comes down to it, what what would you have done? That was his fucking defense on it. Like, and and you know, again, I, I went over this last week, I think. But um, you know, she showed up on Facebook amongst this because he's dying now, and I'm good with it. I'm 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 pretty excited, you know, um, because fuck that, man. When people are just punching big fucking giant fucking redneck fists fucking just slamming into this woman's head with their child in the next room. I want that guy to die. Like, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not Deadpool, so it's not my job to have any of that happen. But if I hear, like, oh, that uh, that guy took a turn for the worse health-wise, I'm like, good. All right. We're heading in the right to one less one of these motherfuckers on the planet. Good. One, one less person that, you know, look, 
I have three daughters. One less person I got to worry about punching one of my daughters in the fucking head because some shit like that happens in my life and my life's over because it's not, it's not going to fly. It's not going to ride where I get to just go to work the next day. I have to track this person down and I have to end this fucking life because I'm not Deadpool. But in that set, in that scenario, I'll stop at fucking nothing. You're not, you're not hurting my daughters. You know what I mean? It's just not fucking happening. You don't get to run around and be honored by motherfuckers and, and you know, people chanting your fucking name. Not not after you heard one of my kids. That That's never in, in a million years going to fucking happen. So the less of these people that are on the fucking planet, the, the lower the odds are that the, my life ends in this tragic fashion. You know, and, I, and I, maybe that's selfish, but that's just the way I fucking feel. And I don't, I don't see any excuses for it. I don't see any, well, you know, I mean, he did that, but, you know, I mean, he, did you see the fucking match he had with fucking uh, Samoa Joe? I mean, that was, that was fucking, yeah, was one of my favorite matches ever. So what? He's dying. Good. I mean, you go back and watch that and, you know, I mean, you could, you kind of have everything, you know what I mean? It's just, when you wave that guy's fucking flag, you look like a, a clown and a, and a complete piece of shit. Another thing Maven does regularly is he um he just he just passive aggressively subliminally talks about Brett Lauderdale all fucking day like every week on on Facebook. Now, Brett Lauderdale's an absolute fucking clown and just garbage, a garbage fucking human being. I've always felt that way. However, well, not not always. I didn't know him initially, so you could go back in the archives and see that I actually had him on the show. So it took me a little bit longer than that to figure out who what he was all about. And, you know, so it's been a long time. I felt like very negatively about this dude. And, um, you know, it just Lauderdale and Gage and those guys, when they, they walked into fucking Cage of Death a couple of years ago after the main event and shit on CZW in CZW's ring and stuff like that, they, they just slapped you in your fucking mouth and you did nothing about it. Absolutely nothing about it. You could have pursued charges. They weren't booked on the fucking show. Even if the jerk-off camera guy or video editor or whatever the fuck his name was, uh, did the fucking Giancarlo for, um, even if he let him in the side door, he's not authorized to do that. I, I don't see where you can't, but you just didn't want to make any waves. You know, this is the difference between John Zandig and fucking DJ Hyde and Maven fucking Bentley. Because John Zandig would have came out in the fucking ring. At first off, that sh- nobody would have walked in the side door and did a fucking thing with John Zandig in the building. You're not fucking rocking his fucking boat that way. But he would have came out the next fucking month and said some fucking shit if it was even thought about. You know? There's a huge fucking difference between these guys. There's no difference. There's just about no difference between... DJ Hyde and Maven Bentley. Make no fucking mistake about it. Because the other D- the other big Maven fucking gimmick that he's played is, oh, DJ's stupid. No one likes DJ. Me neither. Dude, you've been business partners with this big stupid motherfucker for longer than any any right-minded fucking person ever would even think about. You stood by this fucking idiot's side the whole time. What the fuck does that make you? Yeah, I mean, how long are you going to be in a sack race with this fucking guy? Uh, You know, the fucking three-legged fucking sack race with this guy before you go like, wait, you're as big as an asshole as he is. 
So what does this fucking guy do? Mr. Moral High Ground, Mr. fucking, uh, I'm going to out all the scumbags in fucking wrestling. They induct Hall of Fame, uh, the Necro Butcher into the Hall of Fame. And, and what's his fuck? He puts it as his fucking profile picture. This guy, again, Mr. Pro fucking, uh, pro everything, uh, pro, pro child's education. I am, I am a, um, advocate of, of, um, equal rights. Did, did he have fucking ruckus on his fucking profile picture when they inducted him? No. Did he have Larry Legend on his fucking profile picture when they inducted him? No. But this is this is the petty bullshit that they do. This is this is Maven's little fucking troll move and be like, look, we're standing by this guy. You're standing by a wife beater. You're standing by a woman beating scumbag. You're standing by a guy who will punch a woman in the fucking head and go, well, what are you going to do? That's what the fuck you do. So when you stand by and talk about children's education, your your example that you're setting for them is support people who beat fucking women. If they're dying, it's all right now. I guess you feel the same way about, you know, a cop that wrongfully killed a black man. If he's dying, you'll honor him, right? Because that's a terrible, terrible thing that he did in his life. But as long as he's dying, it's all good, right? Oh, no, that's different because that's your agenda. Yeah, you know I mean, so, so that, that's your deal. But as far as I'm concerned, it's completely hypocritical. And when it comes to you putting a fucking profile picture up of a guy who was beating a fucking woman, this isn't like, yo, there's more, there's more to CCW's ownership than just me. I don't agree with the situation. You know, I'm involved in children's education and the things like that. I can't personally like wave that flag. I understand his contributions to CCW and like someone's going to kind of put him in or whatever the case is, but you know, I, I can't be the one to really like wave that flag because I have a high moral stance and you know, look, they're going to do it. It's part of the show. I'm not, I'm not putting my name all over it. No, no. He's putting that shit as his fucking. So before you know who Maven Bentley is, you know, Necro Butcher's going into the hall of fame right on the profile picture. It, it's absolute clown shit. And it makes any fucking opinion he has on anything completely invalid. If it wasn't already. If it wasn't insanely invalid already when he takes this fucking high moral stance on one thing but creeps out on, on the chicks. And then he takes a high moral stance and then he subliminally talks about a fucking Brett Lauderdale. You know, when it comes down to Brett Lauderdale versus Maven Bentley, you know how bad I want to be on fucking Team fucking Bentley? You know how easy it would be for me to go, well, Bentley's clearly the better guy. Ty's the better dude. I, I, I want to do that. But when this fucking guy goes out of his way to make himself look like a clown every single fucking week, being part of this CCW bullshit organization, as well as race baiting, as well as fucking creeping on chicks, as well as fucking waving the fucking flag of a of a woman beater. I can't take you seriously. You're a joke. You do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You're fucking tough in the ring and all this. Great. Well, then you should have jumped the fuck out. You should have threw your fucking gi on. And you should have ran out there and choked fucking Gage and Lauderdale out when they made a mockery of your fucking company right in front of you. Don't play tough to fucking people on the internet and talk about, oh, well, if they ever get in a ring with me. They were in your fucking ring. Oh, this one held me back. And that one, then I, I guess, I guess you're... Uh, 
I guess your defense or your offense isn't that fucking strong because if these people are holding you back to something, you had a fucking free ticket. Just like when a, fu- a fan jumps the fucking rail and a wrestler like kicks them in the head 12 times before they get them out of the building, like that that's what you had the freedom to do. Instead, every fucking buddy in that ring played ball with fucking Lauderdale and went and fucking did business with them and you just stood back like a fucking cuckold. And DJ just stood back like a fucking cuckold. And you motherfuckers made no fucking money. You're drawing 150 people in your building now while Lauderdale's out there selling out buildings and throwing N-bombs on rap songs. Like, he's doing everything he can to fail and can't fail. And you guys have fucking built an empire that has been torn fucking down since you started fucking your ownership and your partnership. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous, and you deserve every bit of fucking failure you get. I hope two fucking people are there to see Necro Butcher and his fucking dying Herbert the fucking pervert from fucking Family Guy looking ass into the fucking Hall of Fame. I hope there's two fucking people in there, and I hope one of them is you, Maven. That That's what I want. I want you fucking standing outside the ring fucking clapping just like, yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, I mean, and you got a kid, too. So I hope at some point or another your attention shifts and your morals shift in a way where you'll protect her from people like the fucking guy who you're honoring on Saturday. So that's that. Um, Fuck the Necro Butcher. I'm glad he's dying. And, you know, you you fucking drag him out near death. Oh, we got to honor him before we... Okay, well, guess what? I want to hear somebody else's fucking name on Saturday, too. And we'll talk about him in a little bit. I got I to, gotta, you know, I got to get a positive fucking break in this. So, let's talk about my motherfucking Niners, man. Predicted to be 3-13 and 13 by certain assholes. We were 13-3. and three. Told we hadn't played anybody good. When the Patriots were beating the Dolphins, the Jets, the Redskins. Told that we were the number two defense in the league. And I know statistics backed up a lot of that. But the Patriots were beating the Jets and the Redskins and the Dolphins. And and, and these were the teams that they started out playing. But we still were not proven. We still couldn't really do it. When we signed Jimmy to that huge contract, where we were, we were a bust. We were fucking idiots. You're paying this guy; he's unproven. He's gonna be a fucking wash. Like, you guys are just throwing your money in the garbage. How? Why? Who would pay this fucking guy all this money? Who would fucking? Who would give this guy this money? We fucking we. He blew out his fucking ACL. We had a horrible fucking season. As Jimmy said, it was a blessing in disguise because when he blew his fucking ACL out, trying to extend the play against the Chiefs, by the way, he was running up the sideline going for a first down. And instead of going out of bounds, he tried to cut up field and his fucking ACL went. So this guy's been balling and trying to extend plays and trying to really get everything he could out of his his ability from the start. So he tears his fucking ACL. That sends us into a downward spiral on the season. Raheem Mostert last week, Put in four fucking touchdowns. He snapped his fucking forearm last year amongst our injuries, too. Make no fucking mistake. He broke his fucking arm in half last year. So, because we had this fucking terrible season, Jimmy fucking tears his ACL, and he's out. We go 
to a horrible fucking season, and we go into the draft and we get Nick Boza. So it was a blessing in disguise that this team comes together the way that they came together this year, but it didn't matter to people no matter what they saw. When I saw the signings, and look, I, I am a very, very positive person when it comes to my fucking Niners, um, far more so than you'll ever hear me about wrestling because I don't give a fuck about that. But um, my guys, I mean, when I saw we got Boza and we got fucking D Ford off the Chiefs, that's an edge rusher on both sides of the line where we didn't have an edge rusher before. We have DeForest Buckner in the middle. This guy's a, an animal. And I said right off the start, with those three, other guys are going to start getting in there. Eric Armstead had the best year of his fucking career thus far. And he's probably going to sign a fucking huge contract somewhere else. We'll see if we... I mean, he led the team in sacks and all this, but it's created by the edge rushes we had. It's created by so much more that's going on up there that's giving shots to to guys that are big and, and, and capable like him. He didn't do it before we had these edge rushers there. So, you know, it makes me wonder how much of that's going to go on if he just lands somewhere that doesn't have the ability of Boza and, and Ford on the line. Either way, all the things came together, and this is what we got. We got fucking, um, we got Quan Alexander who tore his fucking peck during the season. Dre Greenlaw, the rookie, steps up. And makes a stop at the one-yard line against the Seattle Seahawks to close the season and give us the number one seed. You see the type of depth? Do you see the type of shit we got going on here? But again, amongst the season, people keep saying, oh, well, the Niners are going to get beat by the Ravens in the Super Bowl if they make it there. But they won't because they're going to get beat by the Saints. Or the Seahawks are going to step up. Or... um. I heard a couple of people calling Green Bay. It was what it was, but we continuously got doubted and got doubted and got doubted. Um, the Saints can't beat us because they're gone. The Seahawks can't beat us. Not anymore, not this season, because they're gone. The Ravens can't beat us in the Super Bowl because guess what, guys? There's a theme here. They're gone. And now, now that we've been doubted against the fucking, uh, the Vikings and beat them, then we were doubted against the Packers despite blowing them out during the season. We beat them. Now we go in, doubted again against the Chiefs into the fucking Super Bowl. And let me tell you something. People could sleep on us. They've been doing it all year. But Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball eight times against the Packers. And we put up four fucking touchdowns with Raheem Mostert. Do you understand, like, the type of shit that goes on there? That I mean, that's, that's fucking unbelievable. But to say that Jimmy's, like, the weak link or something like that is, is retarded because the guy, the guy is tied for fifth in the league for touchdown passes this year. And all the people above him are gone. They're not playing football anymore. Patrick Mahomes might have played a few less games, but he's also threw less touchdowns. So you could have, would have, would have, could have, should have, all of that bullshit, but he threw less touchdowns this year. 
Tom Brady threw less touchdowns than Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Drew Brees tied with the amount of touchdowns that Jimmy Garoppolo threw this year. And again, I know Drew Brees was out a few games. Okay. But I mean, the majority of the league threw less touchdowns than Jimmy Garoppolo did this year. But we're just not we're just not paying attention to that. We're just we're just gonna go, well, you know. He he's thrown a four hundred yard game with four touchdowns. First guy to do that on the 49ers since since Steve Young. I I mean, if you're going to ignore that, you, I mean, you can do that if you want. But we have more weapons than fucking anybody. We're the most complete team in football. The defense is ferocious. To say that Patrick Mahomes is unstoppable, I mean, again, let's let's go back. They they got beat by the Packers during the season. We beat the Packers during the season and in the playoffs in two different, completely different ways in two completely different games. Patrick Mahomes is an absolute beast that talks like Kermit the Frog and eats fucking ketchup on everything. Macaroni and cheese, steak, it's deplorable. No denying his talent and horrible taste in food. But the fact of the matter is, is... He hasn't played a defense that looks like us because there is no defense that looks like us. This doesn't call for a blowout. This doesn't call for anything. But these motherfuckers are legitimately calling for the Chiefs to blow us out. Do you understand? We lost three fucking games this season, and all three of those games came down to the last 30 fucking seconds. All three games would have been lost by three points if it wasn't for the one game. We did one of those deals where... They kicked the field goal to win it by three. And then we had like one kick left, you know, where we could like return the kick and hopefully make something out of it. And they kept pitching it backwards and pitching it backwards. And then, you know, I think that was the Falcons game. And the Falcons ended up like picking up that fumble and landing in the end zone. So it ended up being a 10-point loss. But in all realistic stance, you know, it was it was a three-point field goal that won it with like fucking 30 seconds or so left in the game. One of them went to overtime. The other two were regular, you know, um, regulation, you know, four quarters. And we lost them all in the fucking last 30 seconds of the game. We haven't been blown out the entire fucking year. And we're just going to go like, yeah, the Chiefs are just clearly going to blow out the Niners because they're outclassed them. I mean, what the fuck are you watching? You guys aren't even football fans, right? There's no way you're football fans if this is your legitimate thought on what what's probably gonna fucking happen. It's it's crazy. I could not be more fucking hyped for my guys to be in the fucking Super Bowl. I'm telling you right now, like I I am fucking through the roof. We we have so many fucking weapons. We have so many things that are gonna go out there and hopefully perform at at full potential. And watch the fuck out, man. My guys are coming for that six fucking ring. It's been a long time coming, but I think this is it. And I I don't think we're going away anytime soon either. So, you know, the Niners are going to be the fucking class of the NFC West. And, you know, you have a lot to deal with with them there for quite some time. But first things first, Sunday, big fucking game. And I'm, I'm hyped. I'm so fucking hyped. Super Bowl party and all that over here. Um... Let me see. What's the reason for fucking math in 2020? Can can somebody explain that to me? 
because to do like actual mental math, like you should you should see the problems they send my ten year old twins home with. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. At this point in 2020, you realize we all walk around with computers on us. Computers. Like, so if you fucking ask somebody some math shit, or if you had to figure something out, and, like, just say you said something out loud, like, amongst a group of people, like, oh, man, what's uh, this and that times this and that, or whatever. Whatever, whatever the problem might be. Give it a second and look around and watch people pull the phones out of their pocket. And you get a fucking 100% accurate answer because they're fucking computers. If one fucking person in the crowd went da-da-da-da-da and just, just bust out the answer, the people would still check it with their phones because they're not about believing that shit. And they'd be like, wow, this fucking guy. But at this point, you'd be just about the weirdo in the group to just whip that shit out without the phone. Be like, dude, could you, could you believe he just fucking did it? I mean, he didn't even look at the fucking phone. He knew that shit. You know? I mean, you know, I'm sure there's some trades that, that it works well in. It might work as an asset. But I think at this point, people are still double-checking your work with the computers that they hold in their fucking pockets. It it just doesn't make any fucking sense to waste insane amounts of time in trying to learn fucking, like, right from the brain math when we all have computers in our pockets. Who who would ever thought we'd have a fucking computer in our pocket? When I was a kid, like, you didn't know anyone with a computer, let alone, like, every fucking person has a computer. Life has shifted in a very different direction. And, and it goes kind of hand-in-hand with the... Um, you know, the service dogs and this and that, because we've really just made things as comfortable as we can for, for us as people. We've made things very convenient. We've made it where you really don't have to go out of your way for anything. Um, I mean, the, 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 the grittiness and the, and the hardworking gene out of people is gone. I think, I, I think it's just, it's just down to like the easiest possible way. But at least knowing that we have computers in our fucking pockets, like, we should stop pretending as if we don't. I mean, that's fucking stupid, right? Uh, really going to spend, like, eight years, uh, you know, I mean, you get, say, 12, 12 fucking years, you know, first grade to fucking 12th grade, we're going to just fucking beat math into fucking people's heads. 12 fucking years of people's life we're going to waste and like, oh, you need this as part of your day. Do, do you fucking, do you need that as part of you? Because, I don't know. I mean, if you're at a fucking bank, if you're working at a bank, you're using the fucking computer in front of you, using the typewriter or the the calculators in front of you. They're not just, get like, you better get your math right today or people are going to be pissed off. Like, no, like, you're, you're typing it into some shit. Why, why? And these are people who specifically deal with numbers. And they're going to check and double-check their shit with a machine every time. So it just it just seems like some of this shit we're just using to fill time at this point and go on the, on the old tradition of doing this and that. But it, it's, we're, not, we're not going in the right direction. At least I don't think. Um... Fuck Hamhead, I had to bring this up again because, um, well, for those who don't know, uh, Chris Grasso, um, cameraman for GCW and, and whatever other, uh, wrestling companies, um, 
He's he's got a, a head like an Easter ham, so I call him Ham Head. Especially when he if he shaves his beard, it's fucking hilarious. It's comical. Like he looks like like a like an evil cartoon villain's like sidekick. Not even sidekick, but like uh like minion. You know what I mean? Like the one he sends off and gets clobbered by fucking whatever superhero or, or hero character, like every episode gets like bonked and run over by a fucking truck. That's, that's what he looks like. like he looks like a, a shitty version of one of those. Um, or like a roadie for like a, a really fucking washed up fucking rock band from the eighties. Like that. He looks like a roadie for one of those. So anyway, um, he's a shithead. Um, he talks a lot of, a lot, a lot of trash online and is completely incapable of backing it up in, in person. Like, he is the definition of an internet gangster or a computer thug or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I personally experienced this with him because he talked wild, reckless shit to the point of me getting in his face in Bayonne, New Jersey, backstage at the fucking Jersey All-Pro show. And he had fucking tears in his eyes. Didn't I'm not saying tears rolling down his face, but his eyes were fucking watery. And I'm saying everything disrespectful that I could, that could come to mind, everything threatening, disrespectful, whatever I had in my fucking mind, because I, I wanted to bash his fucking face in. And when I'm saying all these things, he's saying things back to me, such as, if I could take it all back, I would. Um, that was a long time ago. Um, what's kicking my ass going to accomplish? These are the things he's saying to me. To the point of me having enough time to go like, okay, it's not a great idea to bash this fat asshole's head in because it's, it would be a, a very fucking one-sided event. And I'd probably be arrested after I bludgeoned this asshole. So now that I see him completely backing down like a fucking coward, I just go, all right, I won this battle. I see where you're at. Keep me, my fucking name out of your mouth. Leave. Two days later, he's on fucking line. Fuck J-Cat. If you see that motherfucker, don't let him push you around. Tell him to go fuck himself. Meanwhile, none of those words were on his fucking tongue when I was in front of him telling him, fuck you, I'll beat the shit out of you. When I'm, when I'm speaking these words in his fucking face and all I would need is one fuck you and, and it would have been on. Like it would have been, there's no maybes about it. I know me and now I know him. And I know that all I needed is one disrespectful thing. I was already at my breaking point with this asshole. And all I needed is one disrespectful word out of him, and I would have cracked his shit. And he knows that. He knows that in his fat fucking cholesterol-packed heart. He, he knows that in his clogged arteries that I would have fucked his world up that night in the basement of whatever Bayonne fucking school that the, the Jersey All-Pro show was at. But instead, he goes online and he starts to fuck you, fuck motherfucker. Yeah, like he's got me blocked. He's got anyone who's friends with me blocked. All you have to do is go, I like J-Cat and Chris fucking asshole Grasso will block you today. Like if you ever want to be blocked by a guy, just tell him like J-Cat's a good guy and he'll block me. He'll block you immediately. This is also a guy who told me how awesome my show was when I interviewed DJ. And he's like, I had no idea all these things. And then fucking, uh, of course, as soon as, you know, he didn't like me anymore, it was all his fucking show sucks. Right. Uh, you know, but again, I, I have the fucking, 
I had the text, you know, it's in my phone and I, you could, you could see it on the, the, the direct messages and shit. Like, yeah, like this is all shit you said. I didn't say that shit. I didn't tell you to come fucking like me and hang out on and listen to the show. This is your fucking call, you know, but people like to go out of both sides of their mouth. So anyway, why am I bringing this asshole up again? Cause apparently he was talking shit about my boy Shaheen, um, Shaheen, very talented artist, um, nuclear heat graphics, check him out, um, you know, get some of his art done, but apparently he's telling people that Shaheen doesn't even draw his art, he just, like, throws filters and edits on pictures, and they become art, and that's what he's selling, so he's taking shots at Shaheen, and he's going at his livelihood, because this is what Shaheen does for a living, like, he, he does his art for a living, at wrestling shows and he does commissions and he does very many, you know, things with his art, with, with his given ability. And, and Hamhead is going right at his fucking, at his throat. He's going at his livelihood. Like, cause if one fucking promoter reads the shit that he's saying and goes, well, I gave that guy a table next month. If he's just selling bullshit, I'm not fucking letting him come here and sell his shit. It only takes one of those to fucking fuck up Shaheen's money. But this asshole doesn't think twice about disrespecting somebody on a very high level like that. Because the the disrespect with me and Hamhead started out with my love for animals and his disrespect of that. You know, with the Harambe thing. Because, you know, I just got to the point where I was like, all right, if, if people are not done making jokes about this, I'm just getting rid of everybody who fucking makes jokes about it. And like... 15 seconds later, he posted a fucking joke about it. And it's like, okay, you're trying to be cute now. So then I just buried him and called him a hamhead piece of shit and, you know, all that. And then yeah, he took offense, said some shit back. He said enough shit back, got a bunch of people behind him. Scotty Satire, all these other jerk offs who still, you know, Scott, Scotty's going to have a day. It, there'll be a day for Scotty to, to see if he's as strong as he talks on the internet. But, you know, we'll see. That, you know, until I'm dead, time's not up. You know what I mean? I'm not seeking anybody out. It'll just happen one day. You know what I mean? Like, like, um, you know, you, you just never know. You just never know. Cause I'm not seeking any of it out. I'm not making anything, my, my mission or going out of my way, but one day we'll just wind up in the same place or something. And, and it'll suck. It'll suck for him, you know? But anyway, um, yeah. So, so Hamid, like, this is the type of shit he's on. And, you know, I, and I hope Shaheen catches up with him because Shaheen still, you know, walks around in the same buildings as this fucking fat asshole. And, you know, it just, he, he should be fucking treated as such. You know, he's just a fat, shit-talking asshole. No one in the world should respect him. You're running around trying to get motherfuckers um, promo pictures and this and that. And they might respect the picture that you shot of them for free. And, and you fucking, you sent it to them and they're like, oh, wow, that's a great angle that you took of me. These same motherfuckers are hitting me up, calling you a cornball and, and fucking quoting things that I said on my show. The same guys that you're running around the ring trying to get a good shot of hoping that they'll acknowledge you. I'm just talking and being me and they're fucking respecting that. So keep that in mind, you fat scumbag, because that's, that's what you do. You just run around and fucking beg for people's attention and try to act like you're part of the crew. No one fucking likes you. 
No one, no one legitimate. No one, no one that should be respected respects you because you're a fucking clown. Go take a good angle picture of somebody that's respectable and hope that they nod at you. You jerk off. So that's just that. Um, I think that's pretty much all I got. Minus, um, yeah, the major, the major topic and the motivating factor for me doing this show. Um, tonight and that I really had to get at it is um, Justice Payne Justice Payne passed away um, the other night and um, I'll take you back to you know we've told this story a bunch of times we meaning me sometimes I'm multiple people um, told this story a bunch of times but it's it's the story it's the story that got me into indie wrestling. It's the the story that, that led me to be a CCW fan and, and follow and support the indies for so many years afterwards until eventually they all killed it for me. But um when I was going to I was going to like local shows every once in a while and it was like um NWA fucking whatever the fuck. Uh, East Coast or, uh, you know, whatever, little local shows. And a lot of these local shows, uh, Donnie B was running his uh, um, Big Buck promotions, which then turned into Phoenix Championship Wrestling. So things like that. And, um, you know, I met up with Johnny and Trent and um, Nick Burke and, and Rick Blade. These guys were like the the ones that jumped off the page to me. Um, I saw a ladder match with the four of them that just blew my fucking mind. It was right around the time where Edge and Christian were doing a shit with the Hardys. And these guys were on the indies just taking it to another level. Like they were just doing crazy ladder shit and like super risky stuff. You know, Blade doing swantons out of the ring to the floor with just a ladder brace between two chairs that Johnny moved off of. So now it's just Blade taking a swanton to a ladder on the fucking floor. There's 50 people and like 15 of them are handicapped in the crowd. Like this, this is, this is what they were just fucking doing. This is like a family show and like a fundraiser for something. And like, there's nobody fucking here. And they're just doing the, the craziest shit you've ever seen in life. Like at the time, this is, you know, two thousands, you know, th- this was, the year 2000, like, cause when I started going to CCW is February, 2001. So we were talking 2000 or before, like, you know, right around that year is what it was 2099. But again, I think 2000 is the pinpoint year. Um, so I was talking to Johnny after the show, you know, me and Johnny and Trent would talk a bunch and blade. And, um, I'm like, dude, this, this is insane. Like what you guys are doing out here is this, this blows my fucking mind. Like, where can I see more of this? Because this, this is just fucking awesome. And he's like, dude, if you like this, like you'd love CZW. What's CZW? Never heard of that or anything. Well, they run out of Sewell, New Jersey. I'm like, you know, I live in New Jersey. I never heard of fucking Sewell. Never heard of fucking CZW. Never heard of any of this shit. And he's like, yeah, like, uh, it's about, about an hour from here or whatever. Um, and I don't know, for whatever reason, I guess like, I thought like this was um, like how I would know more about the company or know how I felt about the company. And a lot of times, I mean, going forward, this does make a lot of sense. But one of my first questions to him was, who's their champion? 
And he goes, uh, guy Justice Payne, he does a lot of different things. He does, you know, some hardcore, he does some, you know, you know, power stuff. He's uh you know, he's a good talker. You know, a lot of people compared him to like a Shane Douglas type thing. And I'm like, Oh, all right. So that was that was the the introduction I got to CZW was you would love it. This is their champion. Going into attending CZW in 2001, I, I quickly learned that Justice Payne was part of the Hate Club, which was with Wife Beater Max Mack. Um, Ed O'Mac, I think, was part of it at the time. Um, th- th- I think this was just after, like, the Jesse Drive or any of that stuff. Um, but uh, just in case, I think, was still involved. Um, so th- this was, like, the Hate Club. And they were like this outlaw fucking group, didn't give a shit about anybody. Kind of like Badass Edge. Not really heels, but like real like rule breakers type type deal. And uh, at the time, Zandig was in Japan um, when I first started attending. And um, Justice Payne was like taking the show over. Like, fuck that, you're not here. I'm taking the show over. Fuck you. And that that was the gimmick. Um, so that, that was my initial introduction as far as seeing him as, um, you know, a performer, um, to go back in his career, um, 99, 2000, he was one of the first four students to walk into the CZW Academy, whatever you want to call it at the time. It wasn't the dojo or any of that shit. Um, and it was Justice Payne, his brother, Nick Gage. Lobo and Rick Blade. And um he was a skinny kid, you know, he was he was a skinnier kid, but he was a risk-taking dude. He would do whatever the fuck he had to um to really make that company stand out. Um you know, he was involved in the, in the first two cage of deaths, well, technically first three cage of deaths. Um and you know, he was the type of guy to do anything. If you go back to the Pyramid of Hell, Guy jumps through the fucking hole in the roof of the building. Thumbtacks were rained down. The tables, a pyramid of tables were set on fire. And a guy jumped through the fucking hole in the roof of the building to drop an elbow on on the fucking guy laying on the table. And that guy jumping through the fucking roof was just as pain. This guy was willing to do anything he, he had to or anything he could to make that company stand out to make that company something special, something different. They created their own brand, their own outlaw fucking brand. And he was such a huge part of the identity of CZW. You know, people in the long run want to really um, go back and try to reevaluate Justice Payne's career and go, oh, well, you know, he, he fucking didn't even do the clotheslines right, or he did this on the wrong side, and he did it, you know, okay, great. As far as a technical wrestler goes, yeah, okay, he wasn't the best. And guys like Chris Hero and you know will point it out and they hated his guts, but when it comes down to what this fucking guy was for that company, what he put together, what his image was, what his execution was as a champion, he was fucking perfect for what he needed to be. Justice Payne embodied the attitude and the identity of what CZW was, 
especially as he went forward and he gained a little size and he became world champion. He was still willing to do some hardcore stuff. You got to understand, not only was he the guy who jumped through the fucking ceiling, he was also in uneffing believable, which for a lot of years was considered the best death match on human uh, on on U.S. soil. Was was fucking June Kasai. Fucking Justice Payne, Johnny Cashmere, and Nick Mondo. You know, this this was a guy and it was it was Cashmere and Payne. Just to, you know. But um but this this is, you know this is what he was. Um he he really represented what CZW was. CZW was that was that guy that would tell you to go fuck yourself if you didn't like what they were doing. That would smack you in your face and ask you to do something about it. You know, tell you to fucking step up. That was Justice Payne. That was John Zandig. That was Nick Gage. That was the attitude that was put forth. Trent Acid. That was that was what what CZW was. That's what they built their reputation and name on. That's why when a guy walks out there and just holds the fucking belt and does the fucking thing, there's no presence to it. Justice Payne was a fucking world champion without question. And that's that's what I think the problem was as far as Justice Payne having much of a career outside of CZW. Because there was a point where he went into Jersey All-Pro and he was just another guy. They had their top guys. They had their, you know, their homicides, their keys, their mops. Their, they, you, there wasn't room for another top guy. So being CZW's top guy wasn't going to work because you're not in CZW anymore. So now you're going to go in there and you're going to get fucking smashed by their top guy in order to try to be the top guy? Because you're not going to suddenly be booked as the fucking top guy in another company because, I mean, that would be completely shitting on, on their, their, you know, home, home guys. You wouldn't downgrade your home guys in order to put another guy up and elevate him at the status that he was in another company. So it puts him in a very awkward position where he kind of just has to be another wrestler. And that wasn't his state, his stance at all. Um, his place was always top guy. He was the fucking top guy in CZW. He was definitely a John Zandig guy through and through. A lot of people didn't get along with him. But but again, he was a fucking undeniable top guy in fucking CZW. Um, at some point, you know, and, and I think, you know, due to frustration and things like that and seeing big money because big money was offered when XPW came over, who's one of the first guys they targeted justice pain. Cause that was taking the guy out of fucking CZW, the top guy, the, their world champion, the guy who you would go like, who's the CZW world champion. Well, that would, the type of guy you'd look at for sure would be justice pain. So what a big slap in the face could Rob Black do, but recruit CZW's known world champion. And that's what they did. Um, you know, I mean, it's, and even prior to that, like you, you go back and you see like when they entered the arena, 2002, they had an answering the challenge match and it was, um, justice pain and in came fucking Messiah. And it turns out later, we've learned in interviews and everything else, even on this show, um, Justice Payne was the guy who brought Messiah in. And that, you know, that shows you 
that this was a guy who wanted that company to be something special. He saw a talent out there on the West Coast. And I'll tell you what, right now, not enough of this happens anymore. People want to give him all this shit about being a dickhead and being that. But you don't see enough of this anymore where guys are that invested in a company that they go out there and they find talent in other places, not just because that place booked them and they're doing some kind of shake, handshake deal where it's like, you book me, I'll book you. You get me a booking, I'll get you a booking. Not even that type of thing. I mean, like to say, hey, this guy is the fucking truth out there on the West Coast. If we can get him in, we could do some big shit in this company with him. Not just, oh, well, I like fucking AR Fox, so I'll book AR Fox and all the students he has. So you'll get some good, you'll get some bad, you'll get some decent, you'll get some whatever. But your card's already full because you've taken an entire school and decided to make this guy happy. We'll bring in everyone he knows. They've done it with the Indiana guys, with the, with the Naptown Dragon guys. Like everyone that was fucking anything in Indiana came the fuck into CZW. They did it with Sammy Gallahan's crew. They did it with, and again, you get some gems, you get some failures. You you know, you, you have your ups and downs, but they had tons of these, and DJ did that once he started getting booked in fucking New York. And Drew Gulak did some old handshake shit where he was helping a lot of guys out, and you got Rex Lawless and all these other fucking trash into fucking CZW. Because it wasn't about what's going to make the company best. It's like, I'm going to do favors for this one. I'm going to do favors for that one. This, this was a guy that was on the other side of the country, and Payne knew that his fucking home fed, his, his, his home at CCW would benefit from bringing this guy in and be, him becoming one of their guys, and he was fucking right. And, you know, this, this is the type of thing that, that should be done more often. Because at the time, too, you know, it wasn't as crazy with the indies. There wasn't a million companies. CZW had a place as a fucking major alternative on the independent scene as opposed to watching what was on TV or doing, you know, whatever you were doing. CZW had a legitimate place on the Northeast as an alternative and something you've never seen some shit like this before. People would tune into that and go, oh, this is something different. Now everything's the fucking same. Like that stupid ass magnet that's on the the fucking post, like nothing else. Like like everything else, asshole. You like Beyond. You like fucking this one. You like that one. You like everything that you think works, and you piggyback on that and rebook the same shit. Do you understand? Like you guys did a fucking match at at um Cage of Death. That was the the Bear Country versus the fucking Rep. Fans chanted, "Please come back! Please come back!" One more match, rematch, all this other shit. The fucking reps booked against somebody else this coming show, and the rep versus fucking Bear Country is booked and beyond already again. So you guys couldn't even hold on to the fucking match that you booked first and made sure that you did the rematch before someone else did it. It's just like you get in your own fucking way, but that's besides the point. Um, CZW was CZW because of guys like Justice Payne. These are the guys that put this fucking company on their backs. You know, and although he tried to find greener pastures at some point where the money was and this and that with XPW, it came back. You know, there, there was some, there was some, uh, you know, problems in the locker room. It was, shit wasn't always great. He ended up leaving again for uh, Unplugged because that became a, a big thing. Like, oh, you know, we're, we're all going to have our own way over here. It's not like it is over there. And it's, you know, always, you know, greener pastures look better from the other side. 
But uh, which that's probably not even close to accurate of how that uh, phrase goes. But um, Justice Payne, you know, was a guy that that did it all. You know, tag team champion, multiple partners, um, world champion, successful fucking run. I mean, you you look at his fucking run and the things he did within that awesome his matches with his brother were phenomenal i absolutely always loved their chemistry together and watching how fast they could move together and and get shit done um yeah i mean it's fucking so so his fucking name should probably come up on saturday guys i know it's a little fucking late and you guys pass guys like this over to put larry legend in the fucking hall of fame and no disrespect to larry because he's a great guy and he's a great fucking announcer but when it comes to the who the fuck built CCW, those guys should be in the fucking Hall of Fame before you put another fucking person in. John Zandig, Justice Payne, Trent fucking Acid. Those are the guys that go in before Robbie fucking Marino go into the Hall of Fame. Unless we don't want people to give a fuck, which you've made pretty fucking clear, and that's why you're booking under, it's why you're getting under 100 people in the building on a regular basis. That, that's why. That's why you'll probably have to move students out of the fucking locker room to put them in the fucking seats to make your anniversary show look halfway fucking decent. That That's why you're going to have to do that. Because you've abandoned what brought CZW to fucking relevance. And that's guys like Justice Payne. But just like you did with Nate Hatred, go ahead, fucking put him in after he dies. And hurry up and fucking do it. Don't wait fucking five years like, oh, I forgot about that guy. Because you're assholes. There were people who were dedicated like myself dedicated to your fucking company and love that company more than any fucking wrestling on the planet. That was what the fuck my thing was. It wasn't the old ECW all respect to, you know, what that time was and everything else. But I've explained it before the time in my life where I was the biggest fan of wrestling in my life was the CZW years. And that you can't fucking replicate that. You can't, you can't duplicate it, but you can sure as fuck ruin it, and that's what you guys have done. You guys have gone out of your way to ruin the reputation of what it is, change the image into something that no one wants to see, and you can tell that by your crowd. You know, because for a while it was just like, Yule, you don't understand because, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it, this and this and this, and you don't understand because, well, then you watch your attendance go down and down and down, and then when GCW showed up, they're like, oh, guys, fans, you wanted all these things? Here's all the things you wanted, and they're like, that's just like that? You're just going to give it to us just like that? Well, DJ's been telling us for years that you can't just do that, and you just did that? All right, well, fuck DJ then. So it was an easy move. You guys had years and years of lenience and ability to fucking do what was right and just decided, nah, I don't need to. What else are you guys going to do? You going to go somewhere else for ultraviolence? Guess what? The move has been made. The shift is fucking made. You didn't even run a fucking show last WrestleMania weekend in your fucking market. If that's not a sign that you're fucking done, you're over, it's finished, I don't know what is. So celebrate your fucking Necro Butcher on Saturday. Bring up Justice Payne because he's the motherfucking reason why you have a comp- you, you had a company to buy to begin with, DJ. Um, I mean, rest in peace to the dude. You know, um, another story I got to tell you is because 
understand that, you know, I was such a big fan of wrestling. I was such a mark. You want to call it whatever you want to call it. In the time that I was such a fan and attending every single month. Believe me, if you wrestled in that period of time, there's been a cat named after you. Because I work in an animal shelter. I work with cats. And, you know, hundreds of cats comes through those doors. And you run out of names and whatever you're interested in, there's just going to be cats starting to be named after those things. Um, coincidentally, you know, and, and, you know, it's not even really full on coincidence, but I named an orange cat justice after justice pain. And, uh, you know, he spent a year in the shelter and when he first came in, he was just eyes and ears in the litter box, completely fucking scared, terrified. I brought him home a year later, and that cat became my best friend. And, uh, you know, I, he's been gone now for, I think, two years. And uh, it was absolutely devastating, a little over two years. And it's still it's still hard to even talk about. You know, I'll do respect to Justice Payne and everything else, but... Uh, immediately hearing, you know, even, even starting to speak about my cat breaks my heart. Um, but just, just to connect these things, it's just, you know, the cat was named after him initially. The cat won his way into my heart of being the most special cat that I've ever encountered in my life. And when he passed, I tattooed his name on my arm. So in a roundabout way, Justice Payne his name wound up on my arm because I, I named the cat after him that ended up becoming that much more special down the road. So it's, it's, it's crazy how things, you know, go that way, but you know, that, that's how big of a fan I was. You know, I mean, I, I, there were cats again, there were cats named after everybody, but this just so happened to be him and it ended up being my guy, you know? Um, also, when I started this show in the year 2000, it was in tribute to Trent's passing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, Eric Williams, all credit due to Eric Williams for getting me into podcasting. Um, he does the um, we don't have a team in the playoffs or Super Bowl and we'll only win one in Eric's lifetime podcast. Um, so you could check him out. Um, but. He he was doing a, a Trent tribute show because they were due to have him on. And I had talked to him a few times because I was listening to his podcast um, because they were having CZW guys on and stuff. So it got my attention because I was such a huge CZW fan that I was like, well, shit, I'll listen to this interview. Or I'll listen to that interview. It was a show they had the whole blackout on. And then, like, the power went out and, like, it was just the blackout. There was no host. It was fucking silly. But anyway, um he ended up, he was going to have Trent on the show and he was going to have people call into the show and having talked to Trent all the time. And I was, I, I was a really close fan friend is how I'd like to put it. You know what I mean? Cause I wasn't, I, I don't want to ever say that I was like friends with Trent acid because I didn't know him in his personal life. I knew him through being a wrestler, him being a wrestler, me being a fan. 
And we would talk for a countless amount of time before a show, intermission, and after the show. Sometimes we would talk at all three of those times. We'd hang out before the show, during the intermission, and after the show again. Like, we were close enough where, like, he wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't, like, hounding the dude and fucking, yeah, he, he was seeking me out, too. And we talked on a regular basis. So, um, as far as, like, someone to call in and talk to Trent, what what better than someone who was, regularly talking to Trent and it was cool like that. So that was the plan. And then Trent passed before he could have him on. So, um, then he wanted people to call in to do tribute. So what better than, you know, as far as a fan side of things than, than me who, who followed his career and, you know, was close in, in talking to him and stuff on a regular basis. So that was the plan. I called in and I talked and, and then, you know, from there, Eric's wheels started to turn and Eric said, you know, well, I, I think you're good at this and you should have a show. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? I have a show. I don't even know. I don't even know how this works. Like, what do I, I, I wasn't even like a calling into a radio show kind of guy, you know what I mean? But he's just like, yeah, no, you should have your own podcast. And I'm like, what the fuck? So, um, he convinced me and, you know, for a little bit, you know, a couple of years, I think we did the show, me and him. Well, as I started the show, I had like some, some, I guess, uh, you know, goal guests that I, I really wanted to have. The first show was with Johnny Cashmere because, you know, shit, what better to launch Yakuza Kick Radio than to have the partner of Trent Acid on the fucking show. So I did that. Um, so then it was like, I want all my favorites on this fucking show. I want, I want the guys that I'm watching and supporting. I want these guys on the show. And still to this day, at this point, I, I barely want to talk to fucking anybody, you know, cause I don't, I don't follow the product. There's a handful of guys who I just really respect and would love to talk to. And I'll probably do a few more interviews, you know, and, and definitely, you know, bring some guys on just the bullshit. You know what I mean? Just guys who I respect from the wrestling business to, to come on and just bullshit. I would love to have guys like fucking, um, Eddie Kingston back on and, and Schlack and Scott Summers and, and Masada and like guys like that who like, I, I know I could just bullshit with, you know, and we could just talk and we just have conversation. What's your thoughts on this and this and this? Um, not, not as far as like scripted, you know, like, like, uh, you know, laid out interview style stuff. Um, as far as guys who I would love to still interview, it all goes back to original CZW stuff. And that's like your, you know, your Nick Gages, your, your, uh, Lobos, your, your wife beaters, your fucking not Necro. The wife beater was the guy's name, not his action. Um, and, and, you know, Rick Blade, John Zandig was such a fucking unbelievable get for me. That was just like a, like a crowning fucking achievement for me. That was like, I, that was so fucking great. But one of my early ones and one that, you know, Justice Payne has never done another podcast. Not to my knowledge, at least. He did the Smart Mark shoot interview and he did my show. And he no-showed me like fucking two or three times. One night I was so fucked up. I was, I was fucking blasted. We were supposed to do Bull Payne and Justice Payne on the same day. And it was like coincidental. It had nothing to do with me trying to like line up guys named Payne. And, um, I was a fucking raging alcoholic. So anything would shift me towards, you know, heavier drinking. So I had both of them like pull out 
on that day. Like both of them backed out on that same day that was supposed to have them both. And it was like, now we're going to have neither. So I just, the fucking drinking went way up. It was like a Sunday. I was off and shit. And the drinking just went through the fucking roof. So now I've been fucking drinking all fucking day. Both of these guys backed out on me. And then it's like fucking nighttime. And I've been outside in front of a fucking fire, just like pounding fucking alcohol all day. And Eric hits me up. He's like, Bull Payne's willing to do it. Uh, he just got off of work or some shit. I, I don't remember if it was Bull Payne to hit me up or Eric to hit me up saying that he was willing to do it. And I was like, fuck it, let's go. It was the worst interview I've ever done in the history. I was so fucking wasted. It was insane. Um, it's still it's still up there. You can find it. But the Bull Payne interview was fucking horrendous. Um, Justice Payne, I, I just, I refused to stop trying. And I knew it was only like another one time or two before I had to, because it just wasn't going to happen. And I would like hit him up and we'd set something up and he'd back out. And he, I'd, I'd fucking throw some shit together, try it again. And he, he'd back out and I'm like, fuck. And then I finally got him and Again, it was very early in my podcasting, so I don't think it was the best interview as far as my my conducting it. I I could not be happier with having gotten that interview because it was again that's that's a banner achievement for me. You know, a lot of people don't think anything of Justice Payne, but let me tell you something. Like, I, I don't know what the fuck to talk to John Cena about. I have no intention or or interest in talking to John Cena unless me and Cena got into a fucking conversation about my Niners or something. And then we could just banter back and forth. And it'd be cool that I'm talking about something that I liked with John Cena, but I don't give a fuck about talking about his career or what he thought about this match or that match, but sitting there and talking to justice Payne for a couple fucking hours is fucking unreal because I had so many things to go. Well, what about this? And what are you, what's your thoughts on that? I was in my fucking glory. So go back, check out that interview. Again, I'm I'm young in this shit. I take no credit for how good that I feel like it still came out. But he was very open and honest with me about everything. I had a shitload of topics to throw at him. And um, it, it's it's just a fucking blessing that I actually got that. When you see these guys are gone like this, and you know that like you got that opportunity, you know, um, it, it meant the world to me. It really did. Um, rest in peace, Justice Payne. And you know, look, my condolences go out to Nick Gage. I, I'm very, very worried about this guy. Yeah, you know, I take a lot of shots at Gage and shit because he's a shadow of his former self. He's he's fucking clearly drug addicted. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You guys want to wave that flag? You want to fucking play along with his fucking bullshit game? But this guy's got major problems. He robbed a bank in broad fucking daylight because of his drug addiction. He came out. He was fucking clean because he had to be. And when he didn't have to be anymore, guess what? He wasn't. And next thing you know, the fucking muscle came off. The shirt went back on. Fucking leggings became a thing again. Undershorts. And I've heard a lot of reports that things aren't good. As recent as, like, fucking last week. This guy lost Nate Hatred. You know, a guy who he kind of, you know... He, they went different paths and, you know, they didn't see eye to eye all the time down the end, but they did come back together for a little bit. And this is a guy that he spent a lot of time in the ring with and, uh, you know, partnered with is one of the most dominant tag teams on the independent scene. 
And then you got his brother. He just lost his fucking brother. And again, they might not have seen eye to eye. Should I, I remember when I had been in contact with him and talking to him when, when Gage first got locked up. And he told me, like, dude, like, I had my family over at Christmas. And, like, they they raided the fucking house looking for my brother. Uh, I got I got a house full of family trying to fucking entertain for Christmas. And they're in there searching, talking about, I know he's in here and he's not. And, like, I, I just I just had to endure that. And it's just like, dude, I felt so bad for him because he had to deal with everything that Gage was dealing with, you know, in a roundabout, in a different way. And, um, you know, meanwhile, these asshole fans are running around with the fucking free Nick Gage shirts. Like, yeah, he did nothing wrong. Free him because you like his choke breaker. Fucking assholes. Gage has legitimate problems and needs fucking help. And this, this fucking highly concerns me. Um... You know, I, I just, I really wish the best for Nick, and I hope he finds some fucking help and some guidance and some, some kind of something along the way, because this is catastrophic. This is shit that you don't get back. This is, this, there's no fixing this situation. This is fucking vital. And, and I feel terrible for him and his whole family and any close friends of Chris. Um, my condolences, you know, this is, this is too young. And it's scary, man. I'm sitting there at 41, fucking Justice Payne dies. 41, Kobe Bryant dies. 41, these are two people who were top fucking physical athletes and at random different circumstances. You know, uh, Kobe was a freak accident. You know, Payne took his life. Um, it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. So, um... Yeah, I think that's I think that about covers everything I had to say about that. Um, like I said, rest in peace to all all the people we've lost. And uh yeah, um so check out uh like I said, Eric Eric Williams at the we don't have a team, but we're gonna talk about him until next year when we have a team and pretend like it's gonna go somewhere, but it's really not. Um podcast you know they're they're gonna talk about a lot of things that don't really concern them they're gonna they're gonna watch successful teams like vultures and hope that one of their players fall off so they can hopefully collect them and become relevant again and you can follow all of the progression of that saga on his very successful dominating green podcast you know yeah it's it's uh it's a celebration of failure featuring our eric williams so shout out to eric it's my guy um jeremy at i got you five stars check him out doing his fucking thing over there um he's gonna let you know what the fuck's going on in wrestling when i checked out he he stayed leaning into it and, uh, you know, you're going to find out about all sorts of different wrestling that, that's got some big shit going on. He's very big onto the ICW right now. ICW is doing some big things over there with Danny DeMano, uh, running ship. They see, they seemingly are trying to out GCW, GCW. And I know a lot of that came from Danny DeMano's thoughts and everything like that. But I mean, they're running a show in fucking, uh, Atlantic city with, 
go-go dancers and midgets like in the fucking poster and it's like this is part of their selling point like you know they should definitely add like fire dancers to that for sure like people to just spin fire for the entirety of the the whole show at some point like blow fire but just like spin fire hoops or sticks or something around i feel like that that would be like the perfect thing within the atmosphere um i'm not even joking like i'm 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 saying that's a legitimate fantastic idea because um that just just for the atmosphere would be fucking insanity um but yeah so he's doing he's uh covering a lot of what they're doing he's back to attending some shows and it's mostly the icw shows these days so you could check out his reviews and previews and all that of what they got going on as well as so much southern wrestling and and things of that nature so check him out i got you five stars as always check out shaheen um doing his thing at the uh nuclear heat graphics and i think he still does a podcast every once in a while so check out his patreon where he's got that up there you get exclusive art and all sorts of things over there doing his thing uh wrestling soup doing their fucking thing as usual um mish i believe is relocating but in the same token they're still just fucking up and running and doing doing shows uh i think he might have like missed a week or something like that, but um, they they had some fill in stuff going on. Joey's out there, fucking ready for war on the wrestling soup front, and uh, you should be hearing lots lots more of them coming up like any day. I'm sure they do constant shows, so no uh, no missing time on, on their end. They're they're right on top of it. So check out wrestling soup. Uh, check out Bobby Anthem doing this thing at the inhuman experience um check out andrew carluck at false count radio and um i i think that's all i got i think i covered everything right no yes i don't fucking know um so yeah that's 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 the deal Check out motherfucking my Niners in the goddamn Super Bowl on Sunday. Oh, shit, I missed one. Struggling with Sozio. With Sozio. (laughs) Uh, I definitely didn't need to say that twice, but I did. Um, Very excited for this fucking coming weekend. I'm going to be straight with you guys. Um, Sunday is the fucking Super Bowl. Saturday night. I'm supposed to be joined by none other than Sozio and fam. And uh, he's, he's going to come down this way, and we're going to do some fucking struggling with Sozio episodes. And I, I am very, very much looking forward to it. Um, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, I think they're going to be great shows. Um, me and Sozio gel really well. And um, I think we'll we'll be able to have great fucking conversation and a great time. And I look forward to seeing them out here. And, uh, yeah. So so we'll be doing that. Look forward to hearing some of those. And, uh, you know, I I am beyond fucking hyped for my motherfucking Niners on Sunday night. Like I said, uh, the the fucking Super Bowl party is going to be fucking real over here. I got to work on some fucking sauce for some uh, wings. I haven't made sauce in over a year now. So I'm going to fucking dust off the motherfucking. uh, 
I don't know what you have to dust off because there's really not dust on anything that's going to be in the sauce. So I don't want to like give like the wrong impression that like I got some kind of dusty shit that I'm going to be putting in the sauce. It's not that at all. It's probably like the wrong analogy that I went for initially. So uh, I'm just going to do, you know, like a dust off a chef's hat. I mean, I don't wear a hat. You know what? I'm just going to make some motherfucking fire and uh, it's going to be dope. I'm going to try to make it, you know, fucking edible and not just, like, insanely hot. Very flavorful. Try to master some shit out here. But, you know, the fucking wings, potato skins, fucking uh, jalapeno poppers, fucking uh, fucking mozzarella sticks, whatever the fuck else going on. We'll have some shit going. Um, It's going to be fucking beautiful. Niners fucking colors all over the fucking house. We still got the star shower out from fucking Christmas. You know, the little thing that puts the fucking dots on the fucking house. Well, there's a mode where you can switch it from either red and green or just red or just green. So we kept that motherfucker on the lawn so we could put the just red for the fucking game days. We've been doing it throughout the playoffs. And that motherfucker will be shining on fucking Sunday night. Uh, I'm fucking hyped. I I got nothing else to tell you. Um, I'll talk to you motherfuckers next week. I mean, we'll see, you know. I think it has a lot to do with, uh, you know, the outcome of that game, uh, whether I'm on the fucking top of the mountain or a fucking uh, downward spiral. So we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> tune in next week. Um, yeah, I, I think that's all I got. Let me find my fucking outro. You know how that goes. And uh, I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to you all later. Oh, hold on real quick. Um, real quick update on the uh, Teddy Hart chick drama thing uh so out of nowhere she hit me up like a couple days later after she told me she was deleting the fucking show and was like emergency question uh it's kind of gross and weird and uh, i wonder if you could help me and i'm like well and i just like read it i didn't even like respond to it so then like a minute later and i'm at work you know what i mean so i'm not like right on fucking top of whatever the fuck she's saying to me anyway so let me see. Uh, so she goes like, I have an emergency cat question for you. And then like another message, please help. It's gross and weird, but I need your help. And then she goes, Hey, are you ignoring me? So I'm like, you know, you ignored multiple messages from me. You went, you went from telling me this to telling me, you know, you delete my show. I barely know you. And I try to be your friend, but you got weird. I'll try to answer your question, but like, you know, you changed the way that we communicate. And she goes, whoa, I never told you I wasn't listening. They're about to charge me $49.99. I went out, then I found a free way to listen. I just wanted to help not get charged. It had nothing to do with listening to your show. Uh, I'm kind of upset that you just flipped on me like that. And I'm like, yeah, you completely stopped answering me. And then she goes, well, my grandparents are in the emergency room. They were in a horrible car accident. And I'm like, well, you could scroll up and see how that happened. Like, that, that this isn't like, I'm not doing anything like you don't fucking know me girl you know what i mean like what what is even happening here so now and she goes now you're being inconsiderate and i said well i hope they recover well and i told her uh, i said i don't know what you expect from me but i could definitely tell you you don't know me to expect me to act a certain way you know because again like this chick went from like telling me like yeah and i'll listen to you. I, I i had to i had to cancel the show or whatever and then like hey why what happened did i i offended you clearly and then just get no response for like 
you know, a day and then a day and a half, whatever the fuck it was. And then she asked me a fucking question and gets right on my shit. Like, are you ignoring me? Like, first off, I don't fucking know you. So anyway, for all those who were thinking I might be uh, being set up to be killed, I, I, I think it's plain fucking uh, just crazy people. I, that's what I think it is. I don't think there was any setup, anything like that. So that's your big update. Block now. Moving on. Uh, talk to you motherfuckers later. Go Niners. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So... What I make you good? Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Cusa Kiss Radio. Jesus! So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, stay off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food.